This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our Gospel today, taken from the Gospel of Matthew, is one of the most lyrical and beautiful passages in the Gospel. It's the story of Jesus' call of the first disciples. I don't know about you, but whenever I hear this story, there's something right and peaceful about it. The whole scene seems to be lit by the sun, and we enter into it with a great deal of, call it spiritual pleasure. I think what Matthew's doing here is showing us at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry what he is essentially about. Keep in mind, Jesus comes as the second person of the Blessed Trinity, which means he comes as a representative of this divine communion, Father, Son, and Spirit. God, as I've often said, is this great family of love. What's Jesus' purpose to bring this power, this power of love and communion into this broken world? And so the act by which Jesus gathers people around himself, that's essential to his life and to his work. And of course, we Christians believe, it's still what he is doing to this day. All of us baptized into Christ are those who have been drawn into his family, into his communion. And maybe that's why we find this story so rich and so satisfying. Let me read just a little bit now from the beginning of this account. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee... Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. We have to notice first, this is not just a happy accident. Jesus happens to be walking along, happens to see these two figures. The tense and mood of the Greek verbs used here implies that Jesus was watching them in a very focused and intense way. What I love about this is, as Jesus watches them, this is God himself watching them. Not everything was lost by original sin. Original sin crippled us in many ways. It darkened the mind, it weakened the will, all of that. Yet, even after the disaster of sin, much remains in human life that is simple and decent and good. Think for a minute now, Jesus, this is God himself watching these two fishermen at work. It says they're throwing their nets into the sea. These were those weighted nets they would have used to catch these schools of fish. God takes delight in us. God takes delight in the good and simple and decent 
things that we do in our work, in our recreation. John of the Cross says, imagine God looking at you and smiling with delight. I always imagine this here. As Jesus looks at Peter and Andrew, he smiles in delight at the beauty and simplicity of what they're doing, these fishermen. Something else. In the book of Genesis, we hear that in the cool of the evening, God would walk with Adam, his creature. Now, you're a Middle Eastern person. The cool of the evening, that's the best time of the day. The sun has gone down, and now the world is displayed at its very best and most delightful and comfortable. During that time, Adam walks with God. What's being signaled here, Christians, is that easy intimacy that God wants with us. After the original sin, after the eating of the fruit of the tree, Adam and Eve cover themselves up, they're ashamed, and then they hide in the underbrush of Eden. Genesis tells us that God came as usual in the cool of the evening. He came to have his stroll and conversation with his beloved creatures, and now he finds them not ready and waiting, but he finds them hiding, shamed, fearful. Right there is expressed all of the tragedy of sin. We have a God who wants to walk with us in easy intimacy. But sin, listen now, it hasn't so much sent God away. God still comes to walk with us. What sin has done is it's forced us into hiding. What's the Old Testament? It's the whole story of God hunting us down, hoping once more to walk with us in the cool of the evening as God sends his patriarchs and his prophets and his spokesmen. They always have one message. I'm your God. I want you to be my people. I want a covenant of love with you. And what does sin do? It keeps driving us away into hiding. Now this scene from the New Testament. Jesus of Nazareth, it's God's own self. He looks at them with God's eyes and finds delight. And then, like God in the book of Genesis, he comes out seeking them. It's as though Jesus, now strolling the shore of the Sea of Galilee, is God once more seeking easy intimacy with his disciples. The whole communion that Jesus gathers around him, the whole church, that's the conquest of sin. That's the conversation with God. Now what does he say? He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. There's so much, of course, packed into that beautiful line. First of all, we see the typical way of God as he's described in the Bible. I've often said to you, God is not simply a force dumbly out there waiting for us to come. That is completely unbiblical. The biblical view is that God seeks us like Francis Thompson's hound of heaven. God is after us. God takes the initiative 
as we hide, he seeks. As we run, he runs after. He's like the father of the prodigal son that runs down the hill seeking his lost son. So here, it's the initiative of grace. It is not so much you who have chosen me as I who have chosen you. Jesus comes out and he approaches them and in a very direct, even in-your-face way, he says, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. Christians, the heart of the spiritual life is not so much finding God as allowing ourselves to be found. God does nothing but seek us out. Let yourself be found. That's the first move in the spiritual life. There's a lovely, lovely Hebraicism here. Come after me. It was typical of an Aramaic or Hebrew way of talking. Come after me. Jesus is signaling discipleship. That's true. But notice he's not proposing a teaching. He's not proposing a doctrine. He's not proposing a set of beliefs, as most spiritual masters and gurus would do. Listen, I've got a teaching for you. I've got a new doctrine for you. I want you to believe it. Jesus says to them, as he always does, come after me. That means walk as I walk. Be as I am. Move as I move. What he's calling them to is a kind of apprenticeship to him. So he calls us, come after me. What we do in the course of our spiritual lives, in liturgy, in reading the scriptures, in doing the works of mercy, is we watch him and then we move with him. We walk behind him. Come after me. Then he says, and I will make you fishers of men. This great, beautiful lyrical line, these fishermen now becoming fishers of men. Let's take it apart, though, bit by bit. And I will make you. Keep in mind, as Jesus speaks, it's God who's speaking. It's God who's speaking. In the very beginning, God fashions Adam out of the dust of the earth. He makes him. He forms him. That's what creation means. There's a beautiful depiction of this on one of the porches at Chartres Cathedral. And it shows God as a kind of potter, a sculptor. And there he is molding Adam according to his own image. God makes us. The heart of the spiritual life is allowing ourselves to be made by God, to be formed and created. What's the tragedy of sin? That we wiggle out of the hands of God. And we say in different ways, I will make myself. I will make myself. Jean-Paul Sartre said that. The heart of his philosophy, existence precedes essence. That means I, in my freedom, I will determine who I am. I will make myself. Jesus says here to Peter and Andrew, I will make you. I will form and create you. There's the heart of the spiritual life. Let yourself be shaped by God. What will he make them into? Fishers of men. In the Sermon on the Mount, 
just a little later here in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus says, Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Every moral recommendation that Jesus gives, every ethical injunction he gives, is meant to move us into a concrete imitation of God. The moral life for Christians, it's a life that looks like God's own life. Come, I will make you fishers of men. Because that's what God is. God, by his nature, as St. John said, is love. That means he's a passion to draw things to himself. God's whole being is to be a fisher of people, to bring them to himself. So, so, I want you, my disciples, to be like me, fishers of men. Your goal in life is not so much to perfect yourself in splendid isolation, but rather to find your perfection in seeking out those who are lost. Remember last week I spoke about Jesus going into sin. He doesn't say hovering above the sinful human condition, calling us to come up to him. No, he goes out. He goes out into sin and he finds us. So, come, I will make you fishers of men. Your spiritual joy and your perfection will be found in the measure that you seek out those who are lost and bring them into the communion of God's life. Just a last step. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. Isn't that wonderful? The immediacy of it. Why did they respond so quickly? Because Jesus had stirred the imago Dei in them. Genesis says, we were made in the image and likeness of God. We're made to be like God. Sin has obscured the image. We've almost forgotten about it. What does Jesus do here? In his voice, in his gestures, in his person, he stirs that image. And they say, yes, this is what my life is about. It's to follow you, to be like you, to be a fisher of men. Let the Lord stir the image of God in you. Let that be rem let, may you be reminded of that image. And then follow him, giving up everything, making him the center of your life. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.